0: Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.
1: Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannam. And in this episode, we're going to ask, why do organizations need an offshore strategy to support their recruitment needs? Listen to, as we consider how businesses can maintain their company culture when working with outsourced employees. My guest on this episode is Cal Cocadia, Chief Recruitment Officer over at Cloudstaff, a seasoned strategist in talent development and recruitment. Cal has been tasked with establishing cloud staffs talent operations in the Philippines, India, and Colombia to support global client expansion. He believes a customer and candidate centric approach supported by good tech offers the best chances to find the right staff for any client needs. I'd agree with that. And with over 20 years of experience, Cal has an exceptional track record of leading strategic large-scale recruitment programs for rapidly growing organizations. Cal is highly respected within the industry and regularly spends his time mentoring and coaching rising stars. Hey Cal, it's great to have you on the HR chat show today.
2: Hey Bill, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: I should just add listeners before we hit the record button today. Cal and I were having a nice chit chat. He seems like a lovely bloke. I'm looking forward to getting to know him a little bit more. Um, Cal, why don't you start by helping me with that, by uh, introducing yourself, telling our listeners a little bit more about yourself beyond my introduction there. And, of course, talking a bit about the mission
2: of CloudStuff. Sure. Sure. Thanks, Bill. Um, well, you, you summarized it quite well. Um, I have been in talent acquisitions for over 20 years. Uh not something I really like sharing, but that has brought me a wealth of experience from all sorts of perspectives of talent acquisitions. Um, I'm absolutely passionate about being able to work with uh, people who are looking to advance their careers. Um, I am passionate about having teams who are empathetic, compassionate, and understand the responsibility they have in the position of a talent acquisition specialist. We are often career coaches, we're agony aunts and uncles, we're therapists, we're consultants, but we're there mainly to help people move on to their next stage of their career. Um, And, you know, I've I've been very fortunate. I've worked for some fantastic organisations, FTSE 100s to small, medium uh, organisations, family run. And the experiences I've gained from that, they all come back to the same thing, which is people. If you like working with people, if you enjoy working with people and you get something out of that, then recruitment is certainly one of those roles that will satisfy that. And of course, depending on what sort of talent acquisitions or recruitment you do, it can be a very lucrative career as
0: well. Thanks for tuning in to the HR Chat Podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a five star review on your podcast platform of choice. And now back to the conversation.
1: Why do you think organizations need an offshore strategy, Cal, to support their recruitment needs?
2: Well, yeah, the, the biggest reason would be to be able to cast your net wider in finding the right talent. Um, the opportunities now to be able to acquire talent globally, depending on what organization you partner with, has become a lot more simpler. Certainly with cloud staff. It's very simple. Um, The talent pool is shrinking. Skills are becoming quite obscure in certain areas. And there also is the the pandemic that we had. And and let's not forget that has changed people's mindsets. It's caused a great resignation in in the US, in Europe. Um, It's hard to find good people at the right right price point as well. Uh, Finding that right skill in order for your business to continue to be operational, is absolutely key today, given all of the concerns that corporate small, large uh, and medium organizations have. So being able to have that at least as a thought within your organization, to be able to find skills that you might not necessarily be able to find onshore, it, it to me would be um, something that you'd have to consider to make your to make your long-term strategy robust. You know, you need to be able to find talent in order for your business to grow. And if you can't find that, then it hinders your growth. OK, count listen, I'd like to think of myself
1: as a citizen of the world and I am all about um uh, espousing the virtues of a wider talent pool, I believe that one of the big lessons from the pandemic as, as you alluded to a moment ago uh, was that it showed us that it doesn 't necessarily need you know, matter where you are if you can do the job because the technology can hopefully allow us to collaborate these days i mean it depends on the job of course um, but uh, certainly it opened up a lot of companies eyes a lot of employers eyes about what was possible in your opinion, how is offshoring and outsourcing supported communities in developing countries? And and what makes some countries attractive for outsourced
2: employees? Sure. Let me just add on to that last question, Bill. When we talk about outsourcing and, and offshoring as part of your strategy, let's be clear, we're not talking about replacing your existing staff. We're talking about complementing your existing staff with talent that is hard to find in country. And so when we talk about the next question that you come to in terms of building a culture, uh, making sure that people are feeling integrated, Cloudstaff has a, a clear recipe that for success in this. We have a culture uh, within Cloudstaff that allows our customers and the employee fully integrate. And that can be through various ways, whether that's through uh, the technology that we use to support it, but also the, um, the, the, the zones and the times that the individual work in. Now, giving that experience and that international exposure starts to develop the skills of that individual. And then within that individual, because one of our biggest ways of recruiting, certainly in the Philippines, is through referral. You know, our cloud staffers who are extremely good at their job, find people who are like them, friends family and associates and they introduce them to us now what you are starting to do there quite frankly is build a community of people within a certain demographic you're upskilling them because they're getting exposure and training and development we are not paying minimum wage this isn't a, it is a cost effective solution but this isn't about paying less this is about paying the right amount of money for somebody's skills who have the aptitude and the ability to do the job that you require and what you're doing for them quite frankly is raising their standard of living they're getting paid a little bit more than they would do locally they're getting themselves developed and skilled up and essentially they are becoming a workforce that has the right skill that is required that we don't seem to have an abundance of at the moment in in the developed world uh, whether that will be skilled workers back office workers administrators legal secretaries whatever you want to look for whatever you can do in an office you can do offshore. And therefore, what you are doing is is allowing these individuals who may not have had those opportunities in any other way to actually get that development. And so the ripple effect is that they they upskill, they earn more money, they have a better livelihood, they're able to, do, to, to look after their family and give their family better opportunities. We've seen that. We've been in, in the Philippines for almost 15 years now, and we've seen what it's done to our employees, and we've seen how it's allowed them to develop.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Um, just a little continuation from that last one, or a follow-up question there. Um, but I'm going to challenge you to answer it in 60 seconds or less. What, Sorry. Bill? That's not fair. Right, we'll, we'll give it a go. Um, why is tech so critical to supporting remote and offshore working? You did hint at it there. And as part of that, what 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 do companies use to manage their outsourcing?
2: Sure. I mean, look, tech is absolutely critical, and, and the world we live in today, we have an abundance of technology that can support offshore working. We specifically use all sorts of platforms to allow our customer and employee to fully integrate. We want these individuals to often be working the same time zones as the teams on shore. And so being able to not just monitor, but be able to assess the work that gets done, be able to check in, check out, using video to have conferences live with the existing team on shore. Um, And then obviously the security. You know one of the things that people worried about was how secure is an offshore worker Uh, with our technology we're using all sorts of things as you would expect the two case verification anti-antivirus detection firewalls the list goes on tech is really important just as long as you utilize it correctly Uh, and you know our uh, ceo lloyd ernst is a big tech guy and it's, it's one of his fortes and so we naturally have adopted technology to support our
0: service Genos North America is a global team of changemakers using emotional intelligence to enhance how we connect, communicate, and collaborate at work. And we are proud to support this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. Transforming essential people skills at work makes a difference to people's relationships outside of the workplace. Using our tools, people become better parents, partners, siblings, and friends. That's why we call our work game changing for business and life changing for people. Learn more at genosnorthamerica.com.
1: I didn't think you were going to make it there, Cal, But I think you yeah. did. I think that was sixty seconds. Good work. Really? <laughs> um, okay, so we're living we're living in a time now where uh, you've got the rise of the the gig economy and more and more contingent workers. Of course, how, how can businesses maintain their company culture when working with outsourced? employees and gig workers and contingent workers i mean in the old days in the in the old days cal uh, <laughs> yeah, folks would all be in, in the office they'd be in one locale or maybe in a few different offices but yeah maybe they'd get together as, um, on a periodical basis um these days people may never meet you know that they're going to be disparate they're going to be all over the place how on earth is it possible how on earth, excuse the pun, Uh, how on earth is it possible to maintain a company culture in that situation?
2: Sure. I mean, I think we're very good at doing this. Adopting a company culture isn't necessarily creating the wheel again. A lot of our customers, in fact, all of our customers already have a or some type of um, company culture. We ensure that our cloud staffers who are working for various organizations as teams regularly meet, and we will host that for them as part of, making sure that they do have personal interactions with one another. We will have our customers come across where we have various community centres. We own our own conference centre where we can host our customers and their employees. And we aim to do that as many times as possible or viable a year. Um, We've had instances where customers have flown their offshore employee across. You see, I've really got to get this point across, I think, is that we're not talking about you give us work somebody does it and we give it you back we're actually talking about you hiring somebody remotely in another country and giving you the tools as a customer to be able to utilize those skills and see that person as no different to them working remotely a couple of hundred miles away if you require to meet them we can support that and we build that culture the way you would like us to with those teams who are offshore
1: What are the top two or three misconceptions, Cal, about outsourcing?
2: Well, Bill, we talk about the old days. If you think about the old days when most of the financial institutes in the UK outsourced a lot of their customer service to these contact centres, and then you think of some of the movies that might have been around back then, and they show you a call centre and it's 200 people looking like they're laying eggs somewhere in a hen pen. That's one of the biggest misconceptions. We don't operate like that. Again, we're not a contact center. We are finding you skills and people who have that talent in order for them to complement your existing team. So they are put in an office. If you require an office, we have suites. We build the suites to your brand. If the person is working from home, then again, they're working from home. We give them the the right IT assets, the right security, the right uh, infrastructure to be able to do that remotely working from home. So that's one of the biggest misconceptions. The second one is that it's low labor. I can tell you now that the, 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 the cost effectiveness is good, but it's not low labor. We are often paying people um, 10, 15, 20% more than what they would normally earn. Uh, these people are highly skilled, and we do all sorts of roles, and our people would be surprised with the sorts of opportunities that are outsourced. Um, and the other conception, misconception, of course, about outsourcing is, is that. They're not part of your team. They're a service provider. You're going to give them some work. They're going to do it for you. And then they're going to give it you back. They're going to do it in their own time zones. You know, all of those things are not true with stuff. We have completely revolutionized the way that we operate as an outsource, offshore, whatever you want to call us. But essentially, we are uh, an organization that finds you talent in specific countries that can meet your needs to help your company grow.
1: Excellent, thank you. Can we drill down a little bit more on that one, I wonder? Can we focus specifically on, on smaller companies, Cal? Um, what what are the, the the key reasons? Perhaps they're different. Maybe they're the same, but perhaps they're different. What, what are the key reasons that small companies might give for out, not outsourcing? Um, why should
2: they do it, in your opinion? Sure. Well, believe it or not, one of the biggest reasons is smaller organisations didn't even know that they could outsource, that they could use or partner with somebody like us who could bring that that, that proposition to them. And then the ones that did know, um, didn't really realise how simple it could be if you partner with the right organisation. And so education is key. Um, We do speak to a a, a tremendous amount of small organisations. And then when we start telling them how easy and simple it is for them, not just cost effective, but straightforward, and that they are actually going to interview these people. They're going to interview them through their own selection process, which we will adopt. Um, They're going to hire them no differently to how they would hire somebody onshore. All of a sudden, you know, we've opened up a massive uh, opportunity for them. And it's it's having that right partnership, that right conversation, a bit of education around what they can potentially get from, from outsourcing and being able to hold a lot of that responsibility for them
1: and making it simple. Cal, I'm sorry to upset you, but we are almost out of time today. We're we're just about to wrap up. Uh, I'm enjoying this conversation. I want to do it again soon with you, sir. Um, But before we do wrap up for today, how can our listeners connect with you? So maybe you might want to share your email address, your LinkedIn. I bet you're all over TikTok and all the cool places. Uh, and, uh, And also, of course, how can they learn more about the cool stuff happening over at
2: Cloud Stuff? Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to share my LinkedIn details. It's as simple as Acadia. Um, If you want to know anything about Cloudstaff, you can reach out to me or to www.cloudstaff.com or you can check out any of our jobs on jobs.cloudstaff.com. Um, we're a really easy company to find. I'm really easy to find. I'm not, unfortunately, on TikTok or Facebook, but I certainly am on LinkedIn. You can find me there quite easily.
1: Rock and roll. Well, that just leads me to say for today, Cal, I've enjoyed this conversation. I think you're a nice chap and I like what you guys are doing. So keep it up. Thank you very much for being my guest on this episode.
2: It was my pleasure. Thank you, Bill.
1: And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working.
0: Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette? And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.